What's up guys? It's Brittany and welcome to One Hot Mess. Alright guys, so today we're going to be talking about spiritual oneness. We're going to be talking about what it is and um, some other things. So let's get into that, okay? Alright, so here's the thing. Spiritual oneness is your birthright. Deep down, you know this. I know this. We all know this. Something about it resonates deep within your bones. But isn't oneness something reserved for the spiritually advanced or elite? We tend to protest. Don't I have to be worthy to earn it? Nope. Okay, experiences of spiritual oneness can come spontaneously or after years of vigorous spiritual practice. There doesn't seem to be a consistent objective pattern, but the truth is that oneness can be felt by anyone. There's no secret or elite club here, no matter what age, gender, race, background, intellect, or level of spiritual development you have, oneness is your destiny. In other words, not only do you have the right to experience it, but it is an integral part of your journey as a spiritual seeker. So, we're going to just talk about the best ways to directly feel and embody this sacred original state of being the essence of your true nature. Oneness is an experience that transcends the mind. When we experience oneness, we feel a connection with everything in existence on every level. In other words, we feel at one with all things. Another way to put it is that Oneness is the feeling of fullness, vastness, and completion. It is the experience of embodying our true nature. The self that exists beyond our limited personalities, also known as our egos. So, um... People wonder, why is it so hard to experience oneness? And put simply, the reason why it is so difficult and rare for us to experience oneness and wholeness is that our minds won't let us. While our minds help us to plan, imagine, create, structure, and logically understand life, they also simultaneously fragment existence. So when life is broken down into thoughts, concepts, ideas, and beliefs, we cannot directly experience the oneness of everything. Instead, we perceive life through a broken lens until we can take off those cracked glasses we will continue to see ourselves as isolated and separate little entities who 
see the world in black and white. The problem is that most of us have forgotten that we are wearing those cracked glasses. We live most of our lives believing that we are our thoughts and limited mental identities. We're kind of like fish who have forgotten what the concept of water is. The only reality we have been conditioned to live in is the one dominated by the mind. So we forget that we are so much more than our thoughts and mental stories. We lose touch with our true nature. And contrary to popular belief, oneness is not a special experience. It's actually the most natural and normal state of being possible. But from the perspective of the mind, it seems truly novel and exciting because it's such a rarity. And because our minds dominate so much of our lives, we also tend to feel internally fragmented. The nature of the mind is to seek understanding and safety. And to understand life and be safe, we must see some things as good and some things as bad. Splitting life into good, bad, and right, wrong is a very natural process because it helps us to survive. If we didn't have the capacity to split life into opposites, we wouldn't be able to understand that stepping in front of oncoming traffic is fatal or bad and that letting our children play with knives is dangerous or bad. But at the same time, splitting life into polarities also creates tremendous suffering in us. Why? Because we grow up learning that some parts of us are good while other parts of us are bad. We then attach to the good parts of ourselves and repress or deny the bad parts of ourselves. And what happens when we start to perceive ourselves in a fragmented way? The answer is that we feel flawed, lacking, not good enough, and incomplete. We start to feel insecure, anxious, lonely, depressed, and in some extreme cases, suicidal. Our essence has been diluted. We feel fake and inauthentic. Emptiness haunts us. We greatly crave to love and embrace ourselves, but how can we fully accept who we are when we hate some parts of ourselves and love other parts? This is why spiritual integration is so important. Integration is the opposite of fragmentation. When we integrate, we unite different parts of ourselves that may have been missing for years or decades. When we seek integration, we are seeking oneness and wholeness. And we'll explore the subject of integration more in just a little bit. But ultimately, oneness and wholeness seem so alien to us because we perceive our inner and external worlds 
through the fragmented lens of the mind. And by the way, the whole concept of an inner and outer world is itself a division created by the mind. Do you see how deeply embedded into our realities the mind and its concepts are? And people wonder, is oneness the same as enlightenment? And like oneness, the term enlightenment is also thrown around a lot on the spiritual path. But are they the same thing? Yes, in my perspective, they are the same thing. However, I don't like using the phrase enlightenment because it's such a loaded word. Oneness to me feels more embodied. I personally resonate way more with this term. Um, you know. In my experience, the point of our existence as humans is about embracing both our humanity and divinity, not just focusing on the love and light aspects of spirituality, which bypass anything too raw and real. Now, the spiritual journey is not just about ascending. We also need to descend We need to dive into the dark waters of our minds and do some soul searching. We need to get comfortable with the blood, dirt, and grit of being human. To avoid our wild side is to avoid, deny, and disown a major and essential aspect of us, our divine and messy humanity. But ultimately, no words can truly describe the experience that is being pointed to here. That, to me, is the most essential thing to remember. Okay, so, oneness and the spiritual awakening journey. For most spiritual seekers, oneness is the motivating drive to go on the inner journey. We may have experienced a moment of utter freedom and union with all life, or perhaps there's a painful longing to return home to the state of oneness. But whatever the case, oneness is at the very core of the spiritual awakening journey. Like a mandala, our journey takes us around the axis with the hopes that one day, by divine grace, we will unite with the center of it. The center representing spiritual self-realization or oneness. So, there are five paths on how to experience oneness. I mean, I want to be realistic and clear with you here, the tools and practices that I will be talking about, they are not instant bliss, they're not an instant bliss pill, you know. I would caution you to be careful of anyone who tries to sell you enlightenment and five easy steps, because there's no such thing, okay? Oneness isn't like instant noodles, 
I'm not going to churn out some BuzzFeed clickbait advice because that would dishonor how truly deep the path of oneness is. Now, countless people have spent their entire lives on this path, so with the utmost respect for their true commitment and sincerity needed for this path, I offer you five helpful paths. And there are countless practices out there, but um, I've included only those that um, I have found out from research and from actual people. These are helpful. They've personally experienced. So I encourage you to, you know, pay attention and to also look beyond the scope of the tools presented here. So, of course, meditation and mindfulness. Yes, this might seem cliche, but just because meditation and mindfulness have entered the mainstream market, it doesn't mean that they lack true value. Certainly, the approach many modern teachers have towards meditation is secularized and watered down, but there are many ancient techniques which help you to gain direct insight into the nature of your mind. Mindfulness is another simple way of gaining access to the experience of oneness, and mindfulness means paying attention to the present moment. Ironically, mindfulness is less about the mind and more about sharpening your awareness and ability to live in the present moment. More accurately, it can be thought of as mindlessness without the negative connotations. Many glimpses of peace and inner wholeness can be experienced through these two popular practices. Okay, also spending time alone surrounded by nature is another beautiful way of accessing a state of wholeness and oneness. Training yourself to simply observe nature as a passive form of meditation is nourishing to the soul and can fill you with a sense of inner peace. There is also mind-altering plant medicine. Powerful and life-changing moments of oneness are common to experience while taking various forms of plant medicine. And if you're interested in exploring this path, I recommend seeking out a genuine shaman or spiritual guide who can support you through such experiences as they can be very intense and overwhelming. And, um... On that note, it's best to keep away from any type of plant medicine if you have a severe mental illness. But examples of plant medicine include ayahuasca, um, DMT, peyote, marijuana, you know. But how do these plants help us experience moments or periods of oneness? Well... The answer is that they temporarily remove, alter, or distort the fragmented lenses or lens of the mind. 
And once the veil of our limited perception has been removed, there is no space for us to experience a more whole and integrated version of reality. The only thing that I can say is that you must experience it to believe it. Um, If you haven't tried plant medicine yet, I recommend doing some very thorough research and maybe giving it a try. There's also inner work that focuses on integration, and there are many forms of inner work, but not all of them focus on exploring, accepting, and integrating the repressed and rejected parts of you. And while this path can be slow, it is, in my perspective and experience, the deepest work that you can do. There are no quick fixes here to have more than a fleeting glimpse of oneness. You must make the unconscious conscious. We must seek to reunite with the lost parts of ourselves and develop psychological balance. Only then can we experience authentic spiritual oneness. And examples of integration-centered inner work include shadow work and inner child work. Then there's real self-love, compassion, and acceptance. Love is the most expansive feeling and reality that there is. When we truly and genuinely love someone or something from the depths of our being, all barriers are torn down. All mental constructs are obliterated. All division disintegrates. All that remains is openness, expansiveness, and yes, the experience of oneness. And as humans having a spiritual experience, we have a complex relationship with ourselves that is often defined by extreme highs and lows. And sometimes we think we are the cat's pajamas. And other times we feel like a pile of shit. But if we can manage to embrace both the highs and lows and truly understand the nature of our minds... We can experience real self-love and learn how to love ourselves more. And when we can embrace both our humanity and divinity, we can experience self-compassion and self-acceptance. And these qualities and practices are essential on the spiritual path. Without learning to love ourselves in all Our weirdness and sacred wildness, it's impossible to fully open to the experience of wholeness and oneness. Alright guys, so today's episode was a little more serious and deep or whatever you want to call it. Um, If it was your jam, it was your jam. If not, that's fine, but I hope you enjoyed this episode or learn something from it at least but thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it please make sure to hit that follow button and i will talk to you guys soon have a beautiful day bye